welcome to the fourth installment of Andrew and Tara versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I am Tara. I'm Andrew. So in this podcast, we're attempting to watch and review as many movies as we can that we have not previously seen from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. Obviously, our opinions are not those of Scarecrow videos. Uh, our, our hot takes in this episode and all episodes are ours and ours alone. We're not affiliated with Scarecrow Video, but please, if you're in the Seattle area, do go there and spend money. Scarecrow is the best, and we yeah. highly encourage you, even if you don't live here, if you happen to come through Seattle, just check it out. In our last episode, we watched the Russian propaganda film Alexander Nevsky. Yeah, uh, late 30s uh, movie by Sergei Eisenstein. You liked it better than I did, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I think I've got more of a stomach for weird old movies. I yeah. you know I watched a lot of black and white and silent movies as a kid, and so I've just got a fondness for them. Not me. I need full color, uh, like explosions going off ideally every 10 or 15 seconds if I can get it. I think you made some good points last time. I wouldn't necessarily recommend the movie to somebody, like just as I go out and see this, but it, it really does have a lot of uh, significance in the, the movies that it's influenced, like from Star Wars to Milan. It's, it's pretty wide-spanning in terms of the movies that it has impacted. Yeah, I always think that's something interesting to see what inspired movies that you enjoy that are more recent. It's just kind of a, a neat thing to be able to do. We, we ended up watching another one of Sergei Eisenstein's movies. We watched uh, Battleship Potemkin, because you had seen it when you were younger and you yeah. had fond memories of it. Yeah, I'd seen it a few times. For those of you who don't know, also kind of a piece of propaganda, but I think way less overtly so. Yeah, not as heavy-handed. Uh, yeah, not as heavy-handed as uh, Alexander Nevsky. This was done when Sergei Eisenstein was, I think, 27 years old, and it was the 20th anniversary of the, the mutiny. Very, very influential movie, particularly the scene on the Odessa steps. So, you know, many movies have done homages to that scene. It's, it's very famous, so... And it, like Alexander Nevsky, has a child-killing scene in it, which, um, what is what was going on back in the early 20s and 30s in movie making? It's like, yeah, let's just throw some kid-killing into these movies. Yeah. The Odessa stairs scene, while not entirely historical, was based in history... So I don't know necessarily that lots of children were actually murdered. But there were a lot of uh, people getting killed. Yeah, I think the number is somewhere around 1,000, so wow. not insignificant. They show a kid getting shot in the head. Just like, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. I mean, it, you for know, 1925. Yeah, for a silent movie it was, from well, 1925. And related to that, Battleship Potemkin <clears throat> was banned for many years in a lot of countries. Um, obviously in Russia for a period of time. In Britain, in the U.S., various countries all over the world, there were long stretches of time where this movie was not available. So Yeah, so that, I actually would recommend that. I think I liked that better than I did uh, Alexander Nevsky. And I think what really kind of sold me on watching it was when you were talking about how it was the, the first time that you'd seen maggots. Yeah. Uh, was uh, in one of the early scenes when they show maggots in, on the meat that the crew members of the battleship Potemkin were being fed. Yeah. So I'm like, maggots, sign me up. Let me, see that, <laughs> let me see that scene. Plus, I think your life would be so much sadder if you hadn't seen that crazy priest who was on oh, board the yeah. ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that also was excellent. Well, uh, I think we should post that gif. Yeah. Is it gif or jif? You know? Jif. Okay. It, it, 
I always want it to be GIF, but it's pronounced GIF. The only GIF I like is the peanut butter. I'm not yeah. I'm not buying into that uh, part G stuff. So GIF, that's what I'm... I'll have to check this out. <laughs> take a hard, hard line stance on the pronunciation of GIF. <laughs> so let me tell you about pronunciation. And yeah. also, let's go into a whole rant on the Oxford comma. Ugh, well, do you, are you pro-space or anti-space? That's the actual Space? No. no. Okay. No, it's the where you have, I was like, thinking so you of have three things. I was, I was thinking of double space after a period. No, okay. I'm definitely 100% single space. The Oxford comma is like when you're listing three things and you put the comma before the and for the last thing. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. That's the Oxford comma. Okay, this is not going in the podcast. I think it is. is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have very strong feelings about the Oxford comma. I have strong feelings people. about the pronunciation of GIF. Uh, Tara has strong <laughs> feelings about the Oxford comma. But we'll, we'll post the, the... Welcome to our grammar and language podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's a podcast within a podcast. Yeah. We have to come up with an alternate theme. We have to see if yeah. that will let us season another one of their songs. for the podcast <laughs> yeah. within a podcast. Um, we'll post the GIF of the uh, the priest. Because uh, it's, it's a pretty great scene if you don't want to necessarily watch the whole movie it's like 70 minutes so it's not going to be a time sink but it's a pretty quick watch yeah. especially in comparison to alexander netsky and if nothing else you'll be able to see this great uh animated gif of the uh, the priest character which is yeah you'll see all right so should we move on to movie selection absolutely okay. i'm going to start flipping the pages in the book okay and you will tell me when you can stop all right and stop Alright, so, okay, so this way, I'm so, not so okay. I guess I can actually look them up. Oh god, okay, we have to choose a different one. You got Jackass the Movie. <laughs> okay, we've seen Jackass the Movie. <laughs> More than once. More than once. We're actually, we're watching it right now as we're recording yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it, it's so. constantly playing in our apartment. Um, okay, so. Alright, so I'm going to start flipping again. Okay. Uh, stop. Okay. I think you got this one. Which is Wind Talkers. Have you seen Wind Talkers? No. <sighs> it's a Nicholas Cage movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that sigh is not a good sign. Well, it was directed by John Woo in 2002. It stars Christian Slater, Nicholas Cage, Adam Beach, Francis O'Connor, Noah Emmerich, and Mark Ruffalo. Okay. You know what? I think I didn't see this, but it was playing at the movie theater that I worked at, so <laughs> I have a like, vague recollection of it. I got to see movies for free. I didn't go see this, so. Oh my god. Okay, let's let's hear it. Uh, here is how Scarecrow describes Wind Talkers. Cage plays an injured World War II Marine who manages to get back into the war by agreeing to an unusual assignment: protecting a Navajo soldier who is valuable because his native language is being used as a code to keep communications hidden from the Japanese. The catch is, if Beach is captured, Cage is instructed to kill him to protect the code. Naturally, there is a bond built between the two, and Cage must decide whether to honor his duties as a soldier or as a friend. It's the perfect premise for a great American John Woo movie, but sadly, this is not that. Oh, great. Uh, all right. The predictable plot hits every possible World War II or Native American cliche. Any potential tension in the battle scenes is destroyed by John Horner's overwrought score, and Cage's performance is at times unbearably over the top. Shit. We are in for a treat. It's probably not the worst of Wu's American films. Well, we got that going That's for us. That's damning with faint praise. <laughs> but it's the most frustrating because it seems like one he should be able to hit out of the park. Where's that podcast canceled sound clip? Like, yeah, I think we're going to be pulling that one back out. 
Well, <laughs> and you almost were touching Ben Hearn. Would you rather watch <laughs> Ben Hearn? Uh, well, we're stuck uh, with what we're stuck with. We are. So. And and Wind Talkers is a much shorter movie. Okay. Well, at least it's not short. No. It's 134 minutes. Of course not. Okay. So we've got a good two hours and 14 minutes oh, of John Woo fun. Sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. We're, we're going to watch this movie now, I guess, and we will be back shortly with our thoughts on Wind Talkers. Oh boy. Spoiler talk ranking for those of you who may not have heard the last episode. It's a five-point scale. In increasing order, the rating we can give to a movie at the very low end of the scale would be don't watch. And then there's maybe don't watch. Eh. Maybe watch. And then the best rating of all, of course, don't not watch. The catchiest rating. So I guess uh, on the count of three, should we give... I, we already know. Like, I, you know, I, I don't want to spoil we, anything, but... We didn't expressly say to each other how we're rating, but we know. We're, we're married, so we're already on the same wavelength. But even if we weren't married, it would be pretty obvious. But let's just, for the, uh, the sake of uh, formality, we'll just give our rating on that scale on the count of three. One, two, three. Don't, don't watch! watch. Oh Dude. my god, people, don't watch this Dude, movie. This so is the bad. biggest piece of shit Fuck. movie. I, uh, don't watch Wind Talkers. This okay. is the worst movie we've seen. Which, I mean, admittedly, we're four episodes in, so right. it's not like we're... I think it's going to be very hard for any movie we see after this point to be as bad as Wind Talkers. Oh, I don't know about that. But uh, it, it's... I, okay, I'm, if it's as bad, maybe at least it'll be in a way that we can make fun of it. and We're not just sitting there groaning in pain. For two yeah. hours and what, what, like 14 minutes? Yeah, we, uh, well, I really, I had to check the time on the movie probably five or six times just to see it's, how much more we had to sit through. Um, he started, he was checking every 10 minutes and it was agonizing. Yeah, Tara had to tell me to stop. I don't know, I think we just we want to talk to the people who made the Scarecrow video movie guide for a second. So uh, just everybody else turn your volume down for like 20, 25 seconds while we talk to Scarecrow video real quick. Right yeah. now. What the fuck were you guys thinking putting this movie in the guide? Okay, I understand why you have this movie available for people to rent. I'm sure that whoever checked out Andrew was kind of scratching his head and, and making fun of him after he walked out of the I, store. I felt shame. But I, seriously, why is, it, why is this in the book? We love you guys, but yeah. <laughs> seriously. Thank you everybody for giving us that moment with Scarecrow. Uh, we appreciate your discretion. I guess we can briefly run through the plot as minimal as it was, oh, and yeah. then we can just spend more time talking about how terrible we thought it was. So Nicolas Cage and Christian Slater are two Marines uh, who were kind of leading one of the, uh, the forces to take over Saipan, essentially serving as bodyguards to two Navajo co-talkers who were basically responsible for encoding the, the messages that they were sending. 
secretly giving coordinates for bunkers or other things. So the idea was the Navajo code talkers would give away their position. And then the dudes on boats or wherever would then know where to aim their guns or bombs and, like, take the location out. So the the movie opens with Nicolas Cage's previous battle where every other member of his uh, squad got killed. And so that's, like, the the deep backstory that we get from him, establishing that he has PTSD because he was the only survivor. And not only that, that he's, like, a huge stickler for uh, following orders even if it means all 15 of his dudes dying. So, yeah, the movie shows them basically in training with these two uh, Navajo code talkers, Ben Yazi and Charlie Whitehorse. And it's just like a bunch of standard bullshit military training scenes. And then they get sent off to Saipan. And it's a kind of a relief because all of like the dialogue and just all the, the attempts at character building are just fucking terrible. Um, so bad. But yeah, the rest of the movie basically is just them traveling across Saipan, getting into various battles, and it's so full of cliches. Not only that, sometimes you can see a cliche and it's you can kind of look past the fact that it's so overly done because it's done well or there is maybe some sort of emotional aspect to it that resonates or whatever. This movie has none of that going for it. Absolutely nothing. At times, it really felt like it was almost a parody, but without the jokes. Yeah, I like it. It would have felt uh, entirely in place if they like showed a snippet of it in uh, an episode of Comedy Bang Bang or something. But like, aside from the total lack of any kind of punchline whatsoever, it's like the movie just uses slow mo in place of actual emotion or good dialogue it's just like oh well i'm gonna slow this shot down so you can really feel the gravitas yeah yeah they just there's so many attempts in the movie to impart the sense of gravitas and it's just totally unearned and fails every time like you don't give a shit about any of the characters with Nicolas cage doesn't even become remotely likable until about three quarters of the way through the movie when we learn a little bit more about his his backstory And the movie and the director clearly didn't think the audience would be able to figure out anything on their own because everything was so literal and in your face. Like, there was nothing subtle at all. I'm just so angry at the movie, I can't even think of an example right now. Well, just there's so many scenes of, like, Nicolas Cage having flashbacks to... His crew getting killed. Oh, yeah, and like the squad getting killed. And the close up shots of his ear, his damaged, bloody ear. Right. The one uh, visible scar that he has from his previous battle is his mangled ear. That's uh, real gnarly looking. (laughs) Or remember that scene when he's like stumbling through the graves and there's the awful sound of battles that he's been in? We get it. He has PTSD. Not to make light of PTSD, it's very serious, but you don't have to keep showing us clips of his uh, his former squad mates dying. Like, we know that that's what is haunting him. Every character was super one note. Like, they only had one thing they were able to portray in this movie. Yeah. At the same time, it was like all emotions are directed by... Almost like they were directed by AI or something that kind of recognizes what they're supposed to sort of look like or what emotions are supposed to sort of sound like but has no real experience to base that on. But actually, I think I should probably take that back, because I think that's an insult to AI. 
Um, I really love the songs that AI has been coming up yeah, with and the Christmas, paint colors. The, the yeah. Christmas Carol that yeah. the AI wrote that that's beautiful. It's yeah, the uh, paint colors yeah. and the uh, the Christmas Carol. Drimple. So let me. Anyway. Do you want to read off some of the other paint colors that the oh, AI? Oh, here. Let me just pull up some of my favorites. Let me see. Snowbonk. Launching blue. Bank butt. Stargoon. Grade bat. Grass bat. Cindus poop. So, stanky bean. Uh, okay. Don't forget that's, stanky bean. How could you? Or, okay, and then. One more. Give me one one more. last. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Oh, God. There's two that are really good. Okay, all right. Two more. Turdly. <laughs> and then I'll leave you with Burple Simp. <laughs> Burple Simp, everybody. <laughs> uh, bring on Skynet. That's what I gotta say. This would be so much more entertaining than Wind, than talkers. wind talkers. Right. We had to spend over two hours watching this piece of shit. It's very bad. To prove how predictable this is, one of the, the members of that squad is just overtly racist. 25 minutes into the movie, we're like, one of the other Navajo co-talkers is going to save that guy's life, and he's magically not going to be racist anymore. Sure enough, probably two-thirds of the way through the movie, that, that happens. It's like, yeah, of course, that's... The lack of imagination, or right. the lack of any real... Um, ability to handle, like, complex issues. I mean, I'm not surprised, considering the fact that the Navajo are basically, like, bit players in this movie, which is supposedly about them. They've, they've got to get a white dude up in front to yeah. make sure that people aren't too uncomfortable by uh, having a, a minority be prominent in a movie. And, of course, the Navajo characters are, like, so good it's unreal. As one article yeah. put it, like, they're almost saint-like. And that's, that's interesting because one of the things that I was reading about in a class that I was taking was about red flags for literature for groups of minorities. If you're trying to select books for like a library and a, a lot of it was stuff like, oh, the minority character is just super humble and super nice. They're spiritual and they never do anything wrong. And that's like pretty much exactly yes. how the Navajo characters are depicted in this movie. And it's just like, come on. Getting back to the plot and... Skipping ahead to the end, Christian Slater gets decapitated. That's yeah. a thing that happens. That's a thing that happens. I mean, you, re you really feel bad for him because it did, like, it happens shortly after my favorite part of the movie, the one halfway entertaining thing in the movie, uh, where he just mentions in passing that his, yeah. his father <laughs> grows strawberries and he wants to put them in this new sweet treat called yogurt. And, like, so <laughs> <laughs> that's his dream. So, yeah, so Christian Slater's, Christian Slater's character dream is to become a yogurt magnate literally the high point of the movie and so the movie ends with oh, i don't even it's not even really worth talking about how the movie ends nobody nobody needs, don't it don't watch matter. this just don't watch the movie trust us you're save yourself two hours and 15 minutes we watch this piece of crap so you don't have to the dvd started skipping like at a couple of points throughout the movie and we were both like Please, like, if this... If Please this let the disc be broken. If the disc is effective, then we get an easy out on this. Like, that's, that's a pass, but... We uh, tried to watch it, everybody. Yeah, we, we briefly considered just pretending that we watched it, and uh, we, we we took that bullet for you all, so you're welcome, I guess. So it seems like that's really all we have to say about the plot of the movie, so I'm going to try to move along to other stuff we learned about Wind Talkers after doing some research. Uh, so what we could find... Unsurprisingly, is that critics almost universally pan this movie. If you're using the Mystery Science Theater 3000 rating scale, 
where they referred to Leonard Maltin's movie guide in reference to the movie Laser Blast, which Leonard Maltin gave two and a half stars. Leonard Maltin gave Wind Talkers two stars, so it's slightly worse than Laser Blast, and I kind of agree with that. Who the hell is on iTunes watching this movie? Because iTunes users who've rated Wind Talkers have given it on average 4.1 stars. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand it. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a 50%. I think people just have like a low bar for entertainment. Like, it, the you know, the, the story is coherent and there's like moving... Explosions? There's moving explosions. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're... I mean, the idea of the movie in and of itself could be interesting. For sure. It's just so badly done. If they had made the battle stuff more on the periphery and kind of focused more on the Navajo characters, yeah. that would have been a very different movie, but it would have been, I think, a lot better of yes. a movie. It, I would have found it a lot more interesting. So this movie was pretty much a box office flop. It only made $41 million in the United States. That number goes up to $77.6 million if you look worldwide. People weren't, like, rushing out to go see Wind Talkers. If you think watching two hours and 14 minutes is hard enough, can you imagine a director's cut that adds almost a half an hour to the length of the movie? I, because it exists, apparently. I, I can't imagine. But what, what, what they what, could add in. <laughs> what, what was John Woo's vision? It's like, well, this is really the movie that I wanted to make. Like, it's already over two hours long. One article referenced that some of the violence was cut out of the movie to prevent it from being rated NC-17. So maybe it's just a lot more heads falling off and explosions. That but could be. like half hour worth, that just seems crazy. This was ranked number four on Career After Military's 10 Most Inaccurate Military Movies Ever Made list. Uh, so that tells you something. Right. Like they would have a better idea of what's uh, realistic and, and what's not than he would. It was John Woo's last big picture in America. He kind of was relegated to smaller movies and then eventually went back to China. And then we found out that he was cast in a piece of Chinese propaganda back in 2010. So, um, interesting career trajectory. So, yeah. Uh, Wind Talkers. Don't see it. Do don't watch. Don't, don't not watch. watch it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Oh, God, this is, oh, 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 no. Don't oh, watch. No, that, that was close. Oh, God. Don't watch. Don't watch. Don't watch. Don't, don't not watch. All don't, right. don't not watch. Cor Meaning don't watch. Right. I think. I hope that's clear. That's totally, that's totally clear. People are going to So what you don't want to do is think that you don't not watch it because you don't, don't not watch it. Take is your, what you do. I'll take your word for it on that. <laughs> So let's go on to talk about a movie that is actually good that we both really like. It's uh, the movie that I briefly mentioned that we tried to talk about in the previous episode but failed to really come we, up with anything usable. Yeah, we spoiled some things pretty heavily that in hindsight we both realized would be better left not revealed by us. That the uh, like the directors actually said, they were at the screen that we went to, they yeah. said, like, don't tell people about this. So, yeah, the, the movie that we are talking about is The Landing. Um, Not the 2013 movie. This is the uh, 2017 movie, The Landing. Right, and it's a documentary. It's an investigation of the tragic end of 
a U.S. space mission. And the, the intrigue that kind of surrounded why it went wrong. And it's something that a lot of people haven't heard about. So it was really, really interesting. And if you get the chance to see it, definitely check it out. And I think we really cannot say too much more about that. I don't know. Is there anything else you can think oh, of? To... It's very stylish. Like... Very, very stylish. Um, I think really good use of music, of articles, and footage from the past. From the past. Yeah, just yeah. A, a very well done movie overall. Very well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. that's... Oh my god. And okay. that's that's all we're going to say about that. Just, uh, just check it out. It is a great movie. Yeah, Hi- highly recommended. So we finally got our shit together and got an email address set up for people to write to us if you feel so inclined. If you want to, if you've seen the landing, you know, want to talk about it with us, we'd be glad to do that. Uh, so our email address is Tara and Andrew versus at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no abbreviations, not VS, it's V-R-S-E-S. So yeah, shoot us some emails. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts about the podcast, or if you want to just talk about movies that we've seen and discussed in the podcast, feel free. We'd love to hear from you. So that wraps up this episode. Of course, as always, we would like to thank the band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off of the album Setting the Faces. Boat are great. Check them out. Catch you later, potato heads. Catch you later, potato heads. <laughs>